behalf of our church community here at first I want to welcome you as we celebrate the life of Eloise Stout thank you for taking time out of your day to celebrate God's gift through her to the many people gathered here and and represented both family and church family and friends um, in moments like this it's always great to be reminded of the great hope that we have in Jesus I want to read briefly a portion of scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here Paul says, Behold, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the blink of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. For this corruptible must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible is clothed with, clothed with immor incorruptibility, sorry, and this mortal is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Now the sting of sin is death, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast 
immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. I want to invite uh, Morris Grindle to come up now and to pray as we open our time together here this afternoon. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we, we come in the name of your son, Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. And Jesus, because your life, because you live, that we can face tomorrow, because you live, all fear is gone. And because you live, we know you hold the future and because you live, life is worth living. We come this morning to, this afternoon, to celebrate and to remember the life of Eloise. We thank you for the way that she has touched each one of us. Lord, we thank you for her faith. We thank you that we can share in this service this afternoon, knowing that we can stand upon your love that we can be strengthened in your faith. And Lord Jesus, we ask that you would envelop our hearts and our lives with your love. May we feel your presence. May you be with the family. May they be comforted during this time. May each of us remember the life of Eloise for the things that she cherished and endured endeavored and endured we thank you that we too can cherish those things in our lives and lord we thank you that as we celebrate her life that we can be reminded most of all that you come that you've given to us and that you are again the resurrection and the life for each of us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'd like to read part of the obituary for Eloise. Uh, it was well written. It has a lot of good information in it. And I'm sure probably most of you have read it, but let me just read part of it here for you today. Eloise Stout, 93, of Holland, Michigan, passed away on Sunday, May 9th, 2021, at the Boersma Cottage, where she has been residing since 2015. Eloise was born on April 13, 1928, in Bern, Indiana, the younger child of Rufus and Mary Soldner. After graduating from Indiana University with a registered nursing degree, Eloise married the love of her life, William Bill Stout, in on, October, on October 14, 1953. She was a devoted wife and mother and spent a long and fulfilling career uh, serving others. As an avid sports fan, she was loyal to her alma mater and eventually became a huge Michigan State supporter. She spent countless hours watching her children and grandchildren compete in various sports arenas, 
a pastime that brought her great joy. Eloise also enjoyed baking for loved ones, and family and friends alike were regular recipients of her culinary delights. Most importantly, she had a strong faith and loved her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Eloise was preceded in death by her brother, Weldon Saldner, in 1992, and her husband, Bill, in 2003. She is survived by her three children, Jim and his wife, Lisa Stout, Dr. Thomas and his wife, Diane Stout, Nancy and her husband, Greg Holmes, as well as six grandchildren, Kara and her husband, David Fox, Brad and his wife, Elena Stout, Kelsey and her husband, Sachin, Ashley Holmes, Allison Stout, and Brian Holmes, and three great-grandchildren, Callahan, Tucker, and Rory Fox. So that, it's, it's hard to describe a person's life in just a few words, but that just gives us a little bit of taste, and hopefully through some of the other things we do this morning, uh, we will see more about Eloise. Now, the music and the songs and all that's happening today all been chosen by the family. Uh, probably some favorites of Eloise and Bill, who knows? But there's going to be some congregational singing. We appreciate having Hannah here today on the piano and the solos that she'll bring to us. And all in all, we hope it's a wonderful service that will honor her life. Would you join me in singing Because He Lives? Um, you might either be able to find it in the hymnal in the pew at 2.13, or the lyrics might be on the screen. God sent his son, they called him Jesus. And uh... 
Well, the best things you'll hear this morning are about to be shared with you right now, and that's uh, personal memories from the family. I'm always honored when we have family members that can come and share. And to start off, we have a granddaughter, Ashley Holmes, and she's going to share some personal insights uh, from her perspective and her time with Grandma Eloise. here today. My grandma Stout played a part in all of our lives, and that is why we are here, to celebrate the beautiful life that she lived. For some of you, she was a church friend. For some, you knew her through one of her three kids. But for me, she was simply my wonderful grandma. However you knew her, as I believe my Uncle Tom will echo and my cousins would attest, she was usually frugal could sometimes be both sassy and stubborn, but was always extremely loving and caring. She truly valued family above anything. Dozens of childhood memories come to mind with some of my most vivid being, her offering the grandkids horse rides on their leg that left us all begging for more, the good old bumper cars at Cedar Point, Skippo games, and for me personally, sneaking dips of my windmill cookies in her coffee. Somehow though, despite these countless images, I believe that having the privilege of helping to care for her when I grew older proved to be the most meaningful and compelling memories of my grandma. The many hours that we shared together, sometimes simply just being in each other's presence, might have seemed mundane to some, but for me, they brought me my greatest joy. For the majority of my memory, my role was not only granddaughter. I was also her caretaker. I would never have imagined I would choose to be a third generation nurse, but I guess it must run in the blood. Despite the fact that I attended college and worked in Indiana, whenever I returned to Holland, I was able to help care for her and those opportunities that time together that we had, I will treasure them forever. In past years, I would help my grandma prepare her meals and most recently assist her with eating. My grandma had a great love for food, some of her favorites being hot dogs, pizza, Swiss cheese, ice cream, and chocolate. When she was still in her condo, we learned quickly we would have to hide the newly bought pack of eight pack of Oscar Myers, because on more than one occasion we would find an empty slimy package left out on the counter when we were returned later that day. Who knew rationing hot dogs was a thing? She loved chocolate, especially Russell Stover's. I treasure a sweet video I have of her looking up at me with puppy dog eyes asking, oh, I only get one after I close the box to save some for later. Another time when I asked her, would you like some peanut M&Ms? She said, yes, to which I replied, okay, how many would you like? And of course she said, as many as you'll give me. These sweet moments are such cherished memories for me. As her dementia progressed, her words began to diminish, but her beautiful spirit continued to endure through her actions. Often, if you were sitting next to her, she would snuggle her head onto yours or hold your hand as tightly as she could. There was no doubt that the love she shared with me as a child was still very present. 
Most importantly was my grandma's faith. Throughout her later years, when her mind wasn't as sharp, she would still sing hymns, many times word for word, with my mom. I will always remember both my grandma and grandpa making it a priority to say the Lord's Prayer before each meal. In fact, <laughs> just a week ago today, my mom and I sat with her as she ate another one of her favorites, a personal pan pizza hut supreme pizza. Before she ate, my mom began, our Father, who art in heaven, and she immediately joined word for word that day. And always, she boldly finished with, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I would like to take a moment to acknowledge some special caregivers for my grandma. Firstly, our family would like to thank Pam Larman. For those of you who didn't know, Pam helped take care of my grandma for at least five years when she lived in her condo. Pam, we truly could not have done it without you. You will never know how grateful we are to you. When it was time to transition my grandma into a facility, there were many reservations, fears, and unknowns. Needless to stay, say, the staff at the Borsma Cottage defied any and all nursing home stereotypes and truly made it her home. The cottage is a unique place, and it is only because of their staff's deep love and dedication to each and every one of their elders, including my grandma. You all have welcomed us into your own lives and families and have become family to us. You truly went above and beyond, day in and day out. Just knowing Eloise was in your loving and capable hands was always extremely comforting. From the bottom of my heart and on behalf of our entire family, Thank you. And mom. I don't even know where to begin. There are so, so many levels of your love. So. Let's start from what others have said over the past few days. She was so blessed to have you. You loved her so well. Never a more devoted daughter. You have been an amazing caregiver for your sweet mom. You were the best daughter. And I could not agree more. The example of you have set of how to be a daughter defies any boundaries. No one will ever know your level of commitment to grandma. You unselfishly sacrificed so much to be there for her and with her, especially over these past 15 years as you have faithfully cared for her. Because of her dementia, you were her advocate and a fierce one. You never settled and you went to great heights to ensure she was receiving the best care possible. You demanded excellence. I remember in the last year you saying to me, Ash, I just feel like I'm fighting everyone and for what? I know in the moment it was frustrating, but mom, you were fighting for someone, for grandma. You never, never gave up. I know the COVID restrictions really tested your patience and they were beyond challenging, but you willed forward, making window visits, sometimes twice a day, additional phone calls to management, a lesser person might have given up. 
Whether it was bringing her her favorite treats, adding an ice cube to her coffee to ensure it was the perfect temperature, making sure she had a hot blanket straight out of the dryer, you will never regret going the extra mile. She always looked so beautiful too, which I know was important to you. Hair done, blush applied, perfume sprayed, and never forgetting her lipstick, especially after brushing her teeth, because when you asked who would be proud, she would always say, Tom. Something I will cherish forever is how you would always end your time together. Just as you did on the Friday before she passed. You would say, I love you. And then she would say, I love you too. You'd reply, I love you more. And she would end with, I love you lots more. Even on the hard days when she wasn't as vocal, you could always count on getting that sweet, tender Eloise smile out of her. You were there from the beginning until the end. What a real picture of undeniable, sacrificial love. As we sang the song, The Blessing, in church last week on Mother's Day, the lyrics hit differently for some reason that morning. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children. As I stood singing, I couldn't help but think how the Lord is so, so gracious and has truly blessed our family by you being in it. You gave it all on behalf of her and what a gift that is for Brian and me to witness. She instilled that in you and now you and us. When I called one of my grandma's closest childhood friends earlier this week to notify her of my grandma's passing, I said, she is now in the arms of Jesus. And she replied to me, she lived it too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. It's always great when we can have, especially grandchildren that share, because they have that perspective, that close bond with grandma and grandpa, and uh, many times it's very difficult to share because they were so close. So appreciate you being willing to participate. We have another uh, family member who's gonna share with us, um, her own son, uh, Tom Stout, who we all know, Tom and his family, and Tom, Thank you for being willing today as well. Thank you, Ashley. Be a tough act to follow. When I stood up here 18 years ago, there was this big wood pulpit that I could hide behind. I'm screwed. <laughs> On behalf of my brother, Jim, this is going to be heck, and my sister, Nancy, and our families, I would like to thank you all for coming. Special thank you to those of you who came from out of state. Your love and support means a great deal to all of us. 
In 2003, when our father passed away, we were again overwhelmed by the number of people who came and expressed their condolences. Now, 18 years later, mother being 93, we, probably more I, really wondered if anyone would show up. So again, thank you. Over the last five days, I've had a lot of time to try to frame my thoughts and think about what I would want to say about our mother. It's been good to be together with my brother and sister and share memories and to listen to what they remember and will remember about mom. I know in my sharing in these few minutes, I represent, well, just a very small portion of, of what we all might say. Wish I didn't need these. When I think about our mother, to some extent, it's very difficult to think about her apart from our father. They were married for 49 years and were totally committed and devoted to one another. Like any married couple, they had their disagreements and occasional spats, but we always knew and had the emotional security that at the end of the day, their marriage and commitment to one another was solid. It meant a lot 18 years ago, and it means just as much or more now. To that end, our mother was a dedicated wife to our dad. Our dad was somewhat an idealist and dreamer, and he tried his hand at several different business ventures. Even though ultimately they all didn't, they did not succeed, she was there helping and supporting him in that. He had many physical issues, including asthma, allergies for which she would give him his allergy shots, prostate cancer, colon cancer, and ultimately what took his life is heart disease. He had his first triple bypass surgery when I was a senior in high school. He was probably about 57. He had a heart attack while having a heart catheterization when they were doing a balloon, a balloon dilatation. He had a second bypass surgery years later. But as time went on and his heart became weaker and weaker, and congestive heart failure and, and the concomitant kidney failure made him require more and more care. I don't remember my mother ever complaining. In fact, when Nancy would come to relieve her so she could get a break and go out to the store, she would always hurry home. She wanted to be there. She felt like she needed to be there. And she was there until the day he died. My mother, our love, loved each one of us deeply and was very committed to us. School events, she was there. Sporting events, she was there. In so many ways, she put us ahead of herself. Let me share just a couple of personal memories. I know Jim and Nancy could share many more. Both she and her dad were very committed to our education. They sacrificed and they sacrificed a lot to pay for our education. There were no 529 college savings plans back then, so they took it all upon themselves. I was probably one of the very, very small group who graduated from dental school debt-free. Trust me, dental school is not and was not cheap. I know that if either Jim or Nancy had gone on to a graduate program, they would have paid for that too. I, both know, I know both my parents probably worked longer than they might have otherwise before retirement to pay for our education. They did it willingly and selflessly. 
Before Little League games, my mother would try to help my less-than-stellar batting average by swinging a ball on the string for extra practice. Hockey was something our family enjoyed, and Jim and I both played. Jim was a whole lot better than I was, by the way. We were devoted Fort Wayne Comet hockey fans, and our parents would take us regularly to home games, especially on New Year's Eve. When we moved to Holland in 1972, and hockey was so much a part of Jim's and my love, she drove us to youth hockey games in Muskegon because there was nothing in Holland at the time. Inevitably, my brother would have the 6 a.m. game, and mine would not start till around 10. We'd get up early, often driving through blinding snow to get there on time. I don't think we ever missed a game because of weather. After watching my brother's games, if we had a wait, a long wait, we would go out and get donuts and sit and watch the other games until it was my turn to play. Other than the weather, she never complained. Obviously, our mother was very devoted to her grandchildren as well. Ashley shared some very special memories and feelings, and my daughters, Kelsey and Allison, shared on Facebook some very special memories as well. Mom got her RN degree from Indiana University. She initially began her career working in obstetrics at the hospital in Bluffton, Indiana. After moving to Fort Wayne, and once we were in school, she worked as a school health nurse. In those days, a school health nurse did more than put bandages on skin knees and took kids' temperatures. She was almost a social worker. She would have to make home visits for various reasons, and one time was met at the door with a man holding a gun. As I remember, she said she took care of her reason for being there, but the man never put the gun down. Several years after moving to Holland, she took a job as a public health nurse for Allegan County. She worked in their TB clinic, served at many county public functions, but we know the part she enjoyed most about the job was making home visits. She bonded with the people she visited many several times a month and they became friends even after she retired. Church life and faith was very important to mom. Most Sundays we went to church morning and evening and often for prayer meeting on Wednesday evening. She would help in the nursery and the kitchen at social functions. We would go to Easter sunrise services. Yeah, I know that dates us. In the summer, we shared a cottage with her brother and family at Shipshawana. Most people know Shipshawana as a place for Amish and flea markets. For us, it was summer weekends at the cottage with the cousins and swimming, fishing, and a trip on Saturday night to Middlebury for homemade ice cream with our grandma Solner, always paying and always getting butter pecan ice cream for herself. But on Sunday morning, we walked about a quarter mile up a hill to a small Nazarene church for services. And every morning, we would have family devotions around the breakfast table reading scripture and our daily bread devotionals. I know our mom prayed regularly for us. For many years, my parents would take their boat to Whitefish Falls in Ontario, Canada for a week of fishing. Whitefish Falls is at the northern aspect of Lake Huron, and in that area, there are hundreds of islands for at least a mile or two before you get out into open water. The islands would protect small fishing boats from large waves. They would fish for bluegill, sunfish, longmouth bass, and an occasional northern pike. One funny thing about my mother is she had no problem taking the fish off the hook, no matter how difficult it might be to get the hook out. But she refused to bait her own hook with worms or night crawlers. She could not stand touching them. 
fact, she said the thing that scared her the most about hell was not fire, but the thought of worms. <laughs> Mom was a good cook, but she was most known for was her pies, especially fruit pies like blueberry, strawberry, or raspberry. In fact, when we were at Shipshawana, we would pick wild blackberries, and the motivation was to pick enough for her to make a pie. She could be very judgmental of the quality of a particular pie, how it turned out, but trust me, no one complained. Fortunately, I think my daughter Allison has inherited the blueberry pie-making skills. After my father passed away, my mother lived on her own in their condo for several years. My father did not think she would live long after she died, but he underestimated her strength. She lived to be the longest living individual in her family's generation. In time, her dementia started and it became clear that she would not be safe caring for herself. We are so thankful for Pam, who came in and helped with her care for many years. But one night, even though the door was locked, she managed to get out of bed in the middle of the night, in the middle of winter, and walk outside down an icy slope driveway and walk into the middle of the road and finally fell and was unable to get up. If it had not been for the grace of God and a neighbor who routinely took his dog out around that hour, finding her in the middle of the road, she probably would have died from exposure if a car had not hit her first. It was very clear then that this could not go on. She became a resident at Rest Haven and eventually because of some connections Nancy was able to make, she became a resident at Borsmith Cottage at Rest Haven. We're thankful, so thankful for the loving care she received there for over five years. I know that prior to, to getting dementia, the thing she feared most, the thing she feared most was getting dementia or Alzheimer's or as it used to be called, becoming senile. Because she was generally so healthy physically, the dementia went on and on for years. It's a terrible disease and robs not only the patient of their mental faculties, but also family members of their ability to communicate and relate. We all dealt with it differently. Nancy and her family, because of their love, personality, and character, by far managed it the best. We're so thankful that she was devoted to her for the best care and was her number one patient advocate. Jim and I struggled with it more, but I hope and pray she still knew that we loved her. One day, the Bible promises that those who have put their faith in Jesus and trust in him and him alone and not in any personal merit or good works will be united with him and reunited with like family members in heaven. And one day, with resurrection bodies and a new heaven and new earth that God will restore. Despite our trials and failures and disappointments in life here on earth, that is our hope that one day we will see them again and all will be made right. Thank you again for your love, for our mother, and for us, our family today. Thank you.
is eternity. Though fear and conflict seize your soul, just think of stepping on shore and finding it heaven, of touching a hand and finding it God's, of breathing Well, we could almost say amen right now and end the service after all the wonderful things that Tom shared and Ashley shared and that very fitting song that Hannah just sang. Uh, that says a lot, a whole lot. I want to thank you all for being here to honor Eloise this morning. You know the little dash between uh, on the headstone you see from the year they were born, the little dash, and then the year they passed. That little dash contains a lot of information, a lot of things. A lot of great events. We don't want to forget them, but we don't have time to go over all of them. So impressed with Bill and Eloise and their life. Uh, they were always very kind and gracious to my, to my wife and I and our children, and, and really I didn't have any real connection where they had to be nice to me, but they were, and I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I need to confess that actually I, I hit her car with the church van one day. I was really embarrassed about that. I was a youth pastor, had only been here a year or so, whatever it was. I think it was in the fall. The ladies in the church were downstairs fixing something up. I don't know if there was a thing going on here Saturday night or a dinner on Sunday, whatever it was. And we had some crazy teen thing going on. Had a couple teens in the van. We had to go someplace and get something. And she was parked on the street right over here, and there was an opening right in front of her. And, and I'm zipping along, and I pull in, and I pulled in too short. And I nicked her car. It's like, oh, no. 
couldn't blame a soul. It was me. Go down in the kitchen and confess. She was gracious about it. I don't remember the details. All I remember is I was terribly embarrassed. Well, one thing that wasn't mentioned this morning is that uh, Eloise was the valedictorian of her high school class. A very smart lady. Very smart lady. They're not really sure how Bill and Eloise met. They kind of think that maybe a friend introduced them in college. They both graduated from Indiana. Whatever happened, it happened, and the rest is history. And as the obituary said, uh, for Eloise, Bill was the love of her life. And you love to hear those stories. 49 years. She was a strong believer. I'm so impressed when I meet with the family and I I hear things that I would have never known. Every day they had those devotions. They did that. Uh, Our daily bread, read the scripture passages, they prayed. And they prayed for people in this church also. It wasn't just a general thing, you know, bless our day, keep us safe, thanks for the kids. Or They were praying for people. Eloise was known as a prayer warrior for her family. Doesn't surprise you, but she was a prayer warrior. Mothers and grandmothers are like that, praying for their kids, their family, to make sure everything goes right. And you know, I need to thank the people of this church. It's interesting the things you learn. I understand while Bill was sick, uh, Nancy Hurley and Carolyn Bush were on the night shift, two ladies that faithfully took care of people from this church. And that's not always an easy thing, but there they were. They were doing that. Good friends were Arnie and Leo Beam. Now, Arnie had a similar job to Eloise, but a different county, but good, good friends. And the Beams were faithful, solid believers, good, good folks. And then I think of, uh, I understand the church ladies would call on Eloise. Got some ladies, they go and they go and take care of the folks and pray with them, read scripture. I don't know what they do. What a great testimony that is. And I understand that, uh, Norm, you would go and visit. Bless your heart. I don't know if I could do that. I'd feel so uncomfortable, but Norm didn't. He was there. Share some time with his sister in Christ. And no doubt you were friends from, who knows, church activities and Sunday school classes, and they were the pillars of the church, and Bill and Eloise were. I have to give the folks that I know, oh, you get an A+. That's the body of Christ living and breathing. That is such a cool thing. Well, let me read for you the favorite scripture passage that Eloise had. And that's Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hill. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The word keep pops up about a number of times in this passage, that the Lord keeps you. And uh, some translations use the word preserve. 
And the preserve, as, as you look at the word and study it, it wasn't just a normal preserve, but it had to do with the idea of like a hedge of horns around, uh, thorns protecting you to making sure you're okay. I can remember when my kids were little, I wanted to make sure we had these perfect kids and nothing happened to them, and you're like trying to protect them. No, don't go, don't be mean, don't be nice now. And you do all these things, and the Lord does that for us in protecting us. He says he does not sleep or slumber. There's a difference there. Sleep, hopefully it's a sound night's rest and we're out. But slumber, that's when we have dinner and we sit in the, in the living room and turn on the TV, watch the news, and we kind of doze off. You're kind of asleep, you're kind of awake. Every now and then you wake up and you see something on the screen. That's a slumber. It says God doesn't sleep and he doesn't slumber. He's watchful over us no matter what's going on. He keeps us. This, this psalm, in some places, they'll call this the traveler's psalm. We're travelers. And then others would, uh, they have on here the label of uh, a song of degrees or a song of ascent. And some people say that this psalm was written with the idea what people, as they were coming to Jerusalem, as they're climbing up, because Jerusalem's on a hill or on a high area there, as you're coming up and you can see the temple, this was something that they would say, from whence does my help come? And it says, I lift my eyes to the hills. And you know, just as we in our life, just as Eloise and Bill in their life, they lifted up their eyes and their heart and say, Lord, help me. I am your child. I am your child. When that little child sticks their hand in your hand and you guide them along, you want to repel your hand and pull it back? No, you want to grab that little hand and help them along. And there we are, putting our hand in God's hand. And that's what Bill and Eloise did. They did that so sweetly, so faithfully. They trusted in him. I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was about eight years old in a daily vacation Bible school in my home church over in the Pontiac area. It was a high-tech gospel presentation. It was flannel graph. And I remember I had the little boy or the little girl, and they had this road that was going up and this other road that was going down. And something about that message caught my eye. I don't know what it was. I'd been in church all of my eight years. But that day, God touched my heart. And one of the uh, men who was leading the Bible school came and prayed with me, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and save my heart, my life. And as I went home that summer day, I remember feeling profoundly changed. I was just a dumb little eight-year-old. What did I know? But I knew that I had done something really special. Jesus had forgiven me of my sin. He'd come into my heart and my life. And I was so thankful for that, so thankful. As I look back on it now, I'm so thankful that happened at a young age. I didn't wander away and get wrapped up in who knows what all and never hear the gospel again, be hardened. I'm thankful that Jesus touched my life that day. And knowing Bill and Eloise, that would be their heart desire for all of us. In fact, Eloise, in her prearrangement at the funeral home, she had written something, and I, I can't remember everything exactly, but it was an admonition to the kids, 
says, I love you all, and I hope to see you all in heaven someday. What a cool thing. What a cool thing that she would put that in writing. And who would see that? Her family. Her children. Well, there's so much we could say about Bill and Eloise. A life of service, devotion to her family, love for the Lord, a passion for loving and serving God. And like Tom said, she was here for everything. They volunteered all over the place. They were faithful, faithful people. It was a life well lived. And the more I get to know some of the folks that were a little bit older, I wish I would have got to know them better, got to know their heart more. But I'm so thankful that I could rub shoulders with them to some degree. I'm thankful that uh, I had the opportunity to be here to get to know these good folks for Bill and Eloise and their unique talents and love for the Lord. At this time, we're going to sing Amazing Grace. We're going to sing the first and last verse. And I would invite you to stand with us as we do that, as we, we finish our service time here together today. Father, we want to thank you for this, uh, this afternoon we can, when we can remember, when we can celebrate the life of Eloise, Eloise Stout. Father, we don't want to say goodbye, but we know that we'll see her again someday in glory. And Father, uh, we look forward to that day. We trust you. We pray you give the family comfort and strength. May they gather from all of the, the life of Bill and Eloise and all the great things they stood for and their hard work and serving and loving their family. Encourage them, Father. Give them strength. We ask your blessing now, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.